Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Today we have a massive episode for you. We are going to be combining together weeks five and six. Our schedule last week was thrown off a little bit by the Bills and Titans game being played on Tuesday, so waivers were completely out of whack and moved to a different day. So unfortunately, we were not able to record an episode last week. With that being said, we are going to combine together weeks five and six today. I am going to do week five all by myself, and then we are going to bring Justin in to talk about week six. So first of all, let's think about who went through the moon door in week five. I'm the Lord of the Vale. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Right through the moon door. So in week five, rest in peace to Jenny and Dusty. So, of course, like always, everybody declared themselves out. Well, it was a nice ride. Thanks, COVID. You ruined my season. Literally three games into the fucking week. One of the most annoying things about that league, but it's also quite comical at the same time. Um, Jenny ended up starting Kyle Allen over Josh Allen. Questionable move. I think the only reason was she had high doubts that the Bills and Titans would even play. Dusty was the seventh highest leading scorer moving up until elimination. So that was a pretty shocking drop this week so goodbye jenny and dusty at the end of week five we had 22 teams left also me will justin st peter jr tyler not tyler uh jake and ryan we started a six-team league we were bored on a saturday very interesting concept did for free it's only gonna be a nine-week league and then playoffs and what we did is, it's a 32-team, or it's a 32-round league, and every round is designated to a specific team. Example, the Giants. The order was completely randomized, and you have to have a player from each of the 32 teams rostered at all times. So the rosters were quite loaded, and also... It's nice that you have to have every single team represented. Now, starting them, you don't necessarily have to do. So, very interesting league. I know I started off 1-0 after a win this week. Um, Coming back to the Gulag and some waivers that happened last week. So, some big ones of note. Demarcus Robinson of the Chiefs went for $20. Um... 
He wasn't even played one game. Tyler dropped him. Aaron Jones went for $651 to Joe, so about 65% of the budget. AP went for 45 Some other ones were Andy Dalton went for 21 This was after Dak was ruled out for the season. Did not have a good first game. Julio Jones went for $342. Raheem Moser went for $250, so that was a waste of one-fourth of a budget because he's going to be missing some time. Josh Allen went for $300. DJ Chark, nice value pick there, went for $77. I got David Montgomery for $198. CD Lamb went for $100. And then Anthony Ferkser, who was, I believe, the tight end one of the week, uh, went for $0. I have no clue what motivated him to take him, but... Clearly a very good pickup by Ryan's buddy, John. <coughs> so that was the Gulag waivers. Travis Fulgham also went for 30. He's looking like a weekly starter now. Uh, he is a beast. So let's talk about some cookies from week five. Actually, it would be from week four's matchup. Cookie! So it actually would be from week five. I'm an idiot. So let's take a look at week five's cookies. In week five, we start with Patrick Mahomes uh, at the quarterback was mine with 34.7. For running backs, Danny and his brother Little Slads both had a running back cookie. Mike Davis with 29.9. Todd Gurley with 25. For wide receivers, Brandon Cooks uh, to Justin with 30.1. And I had Adam Thielen with 29.3. Tight end, I had Travis Kelsey with 24.8. In the flex then, Will had DK Metcalf with 28.3. I had DeAndre Hookins. According to what Justin typed in with 25.1. At the kicker, Sterk had Will Lutz with 15. And then moving into the IDPs, Justin had Aaron Donald with 19 for the defensive line cookie. Patrick Queen to Jake with 21.5 at the linebacker. Buda Baker at defensive back to Tyler with 12. And then the IDP flex was Little Slads with 12 as well. I'm not going to go over team totals on cookies just because um, we will discuss that when Justin jumps on to the pod. So for the week, we were at 306.7. That was an all-time season low. So uh, it did look like after the week five, I took the lead over for cookies with 10, and then next closest was Sterk with 8, followed by Jake with 7. So 306.7 for the league-wide cookie score, all-time low. Uh, It was not a good week for scoring, and we'll kind of talk about why that is. So I'm only going to do one segment here for week 5. I'm not going to go ahead and hit, hit a break until... We're getting ready to bring Justin in for week six. But uh, I want to talk about some observations from week five. What happened? 
So in week five, we saw the drastic Dak Prescott injury. Um, will miss the season. Reportedly will be fine to go next year. Uh, not to start the year, I don't believe. But very sad for Cowboy fans. Um, I'm interesting. I'm interested in what happens with his contract. Randy made a very good point. Uh, he, he should have taken the contract when he was offered. Dak, that is, by Jerry and the Cowboys. Um, big yikes that he didn't take the contract because my assumption would be that he's going to be making less. That's the Cowboys, so who knows. Uh, anyways, Andy Dalton came in. Cowboys beat the Giants, though, even with Dak Prescott being out. Dan Quinn was fired as the head coach of the Falcons. He was the first firing, um, actually, I should say second hiring, firing after uh, Bill O'Brien. So Dan Quinn is fired after just being the absolute king mastermind behind blowing big leads. Shout out to Randy's fantasy team who has blown three Actually, two 95% chance of winning leads. Uh, the Chiefs were beat by the Raiders. Derek Carr threw an absolute bomb to uh, Henry Ruggs. That play was pretty sick. Uh, people are continuing to praise the Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill play. That didn't count. I've never understood why plays get high praise when they don't even count in the record books because of a penalty, because of a timeout. Dolphins absolutely clapped the 49ers. 49ers are frauds. Confirmed that defense is not even close to what it has been. <clears throat> so Dolphins absolutely destroyed them. Uh, in the notes here, it says Browns are legit. I did not write that. Browns are frauds. Um, but Justin apparently thought the Browns were legit after week five. They only had one loss. Uh, the Texans were not winless after this week. They got their first W versus Jacksonville. Big for uh, Romeo Crennel and company. Uh, Tom Brady apparently forgot what down it was. He he thought it was uh, third down when it was actually fourth down. And they hold up his fa he held up his uh, his famous number four. Now get those fours up. Words of PFT, you get those fours up. Ravens and Cardinals absolutely dominated. Um, beat down on some pretty weak competition. Le'Veon Bell got cut by the Jets, of course, because Adam Gaze is there. Still. Still has a job. Hyperdrive supposedly does not include Le'Veon Bell. Instead, it includes the ageless Frank Gore and LaMichael Pirine. And at one time, Kalen Balage, Gore Balage, tear down that wall. Gore Balage is no more, though, because Balage is supposedly on the practice squad for the Chargers. Fuck that. Uh, they now have Ty Johnson on the Jets as well. <clears throat> Steelers and Rams took care of business. They got some good Ws. Alex Smith came back. Absolutely incredible story after a pretty drastic injury. So he came back for two drives. He actually got piggybacked on by Aaron Donald. I thought that was not going to be good. Supposedly, he said he actually liked getting sacked by Aaron Donald. That's weird. Uh, Seahawks came back. Of course, Chargers lose another game. As I talked about in my personal pod, 
Chargers could have been 5-0 and going into their bye. Um, but again, some of that might be biasness. Drew Brees still sucks. I'll take that to my grave. They got Taysom Hill involved. Uh, he's getting a lot more involved now. He had the game-winning touchdown. Or I guess we'll call it the game-tying touchdown. <clears throat> and then... For some really odd reason, I thought it was going to be the complete opposite. The Bills got destroyed by the Titans, or in the notes here, Tennessee Covids, Adam Humphreys, Corey Davis, etc. Um, I thought the Bills were going to beat them by like 30. I'm not going to talk about the trades that happened yet. I'm going to talk about it when Justin comes on because we both have a pretty unanimous thought process on... At least one of the trades that happened. Yikes. But I'm going to get into the week five matchups here. Um, and take a look at how those went. So starting with my matchup with Lamar and friends. I beat Ryan by 62. Led by Patrick Mahomes with 34.7. Both my running backs had 15 plus. Even with a fat zero from A.J. Green. Still had 25 points from DeAndre Hopkins. 24 points from Travis Kelsey. 29 points from Adam Thielen. Uh, I even started Naheem Hines in my flex. He only scored five. Zerline had 14 for me at kicker. On Ryan's side, he had only 17.5 from Lamar Jackson, which is... He has had a pretty disappointing season for his fantasy standards, I would say. Kamara had 19.9. Kenyon Drake had 14.2. His wide receivers, the big one that stuck out was Tyler Lockett had 8.4 after being on an absolute tear. Uh, DJ Moore had 19. Zach Ertz, he has been sponsored by Tide. I don't know if you guys heard that or not. So he picked up a new sponsorship, and the reason is because he's washed. 2.6 points for Zach Ertz. Bum. He's out for a couple weeks. We'll talk about that. T. Higgins was in his flex as well with 11.2, and then he had DJ Chark with a disappointing 4.6. DJ Chark's been hurt like the whole year, which is tough. So after this matchup, I moved to 4-2, and two, and then Ryan moved to 3-3. Three and three. In the next matchup, oh my god. Excuse me, sir. I hope my horrible ugliness won't be a distraction to you. Not at all, boy! <laughs> Andy scored 71 points in a dynasty league in which we start 12 people. I'm just counting to confirm that. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 people. Scratch that. Make matters even worse. We start 13 people and Andy scored 71 points. Need to do a quick calculation. That is an average of 5.4 points for a player. What the hell? Joe Burrow with 4.3 at the quarterback. That's disgusting. Malcolm Brown was her starting running back one. What the fuck? 
3.4. Also doesn't help DeAndre Swift with them by. So here's where it ends up going a little bad. Zach Moss didn't play. That's a fat zero in our lineup. John Brown didn't play. That's a fat zero. But that was within the 24-hour window, so we don't have a violation. Justin Jefferson was 6.3. Cooper Cup, 12.6. Ingram, 9.5. Jake Elliott, 2. IDP's bums, except for Zach Cunningham with 11.5. He's just a stud. But what? Justin, on the other hand, scored 177 points. So he beat Andy by 100-plus. That's great. Kyler Murray with 28.3. Jonathan Taylor, 15.4. Daryl Henderson, 21.8. Brandon Cooks had 30.1 in his flex after a very disappointing couple weeks. Sammy Watkins, before he went down, with 10.5. Aaron Donald, 19, as I kind of mentioned in the cookie section. Just wait, what? So Andy moved to 0-5. And, uh, and Justin moved to 2-3. and three. In the uh, in the other matchup that I kind of mentioned, I was three and two. Ryan was three and two. I was looking at this week's record. Now, third matchup, very close matchup between back team backflip and spaceballs. Uh, spaceballs pulled off the victory, one hundred sixty three point eight to one hundred fifty eight, so five point victory. Dak said his final swan song for Tyler's team, thirteen point four. Kareem Hunt with 18.3. And he also started Dearness Johnson with 4.6. CeeDee Lamb had 20.4. And Greg Ward with 12.6. Jonu Smith with a solid 21 points. And Chenault and Gallup and the Flex combined for 26 points, 14.9 and 11.3. Kaimi Fairbairn with 13. IDP's not too good except for Buddha, who ended up getting a cookie. Spaceballs. Uh, Deshaun Watson had 31.8. Zeke had 23.5. Devontae Freeman, 16.7. Allen Robinson, 19. He did start Brandon Ayuk, who was his second-round pick this year, or one of them. He had Hollywood Brown with 19.8. And then his IDPs were pretty irrelevant. So Tyler moved to 3-2, and two, and then Spaceballs moved to 3-2 and two as well. So we had a pretty dead-even matchup here. Then we have Little Slads versus Sterk Daddy. And Little Slads lost to Sterk by 8 points. Little Slads had 28.3 from Jared Goff, 19.3 from Derrick Henry, 25 from Gurley, 18.3 from Tyreek Hill, 17.1 from Robert Woods, 10.7 from Hooper. Disappointing game for Singletary and Terry McLaurin with 5.6 and 4.3. IDPs were... Again, irrelevant. Oh, he did have two 10-point scores in Jalen Smith and Jerome Baker. One of his keepers, never forget. Sterk Daddy had 21.3 from Josh Allen. 12.3 from David Johnson. 22.5 Josh Jacobs. That's nice. 16.8 Will Fuller, who's been just an absolute um, enjoyment this year because he's healthy. 15.8 from Darren Waller. 10.9 Keenan Allen. 19.9 Chris Carson. And then 15 from his kicker. IDPs were actually okay. Uh, lowest score from his IDPs was 6. So, Sterk moved to 4 and 1. And then Little Slads was 2 and 3. <laughs> then we move on to Outdoor Furnishings versus Seeing Ghosts. 
an outdoor furnishings won by 13 points. He had Baker Mayfield seat covers with 19.5, Joe, Joe Mixon with 15.4, and Antonio Gibson with 10.1. CD or Calvin Ridley had 21.6, and then Deontay Johnson with 0.8. He did go out with an injury. Mark Andrews was 17.6, Darius Slayton 20.9, and then Debo Samuel came back, but he only had 4.2. He had Fat Randy one last time for three points. IDPs, Patrick Queen 21.5. So believe it or not, IDPs definitely won him the matchup just from that one player. For seeing ghosts, Terry Bridge or Teddy Bridgewater with 24.8. David Montgomery in his debut for seeing ghosts, 18.9. And James Robinson with 10. DK Metcalf, who I'm going to argue is a top seven wide receiver in football, 28.3. Pascal, horrible, 3.5. Higby, 3.2. David Moore in his flex with a zero. So that might be right there. He didn't hit three players, not do anything. James Washington, 5.5. That's another kind of disappointment. Rodrigo Blankenship, power of the rec specs, 11 points. IDPs were disappointing outside of Marlon Humphrey, who had 10.5. So uh, Will moved to 1 and 4 after this matchup, and then Jake moved to 4 and 1. <clears throat> In our last matchup of week 5, we had Fresh Prince of Hell Air versus Team Amelia Clark Fan. And this was a very, very close matchup. Amelia Clark fan won by 2.1 points. On D Slacky side, he had Drew Brees with 23.1, and Mike Davis, his outstanding running back, fill in with 29.9. Edwards Hilaire had 11. His wideouts, he had Diggs with 20.6, and Jarvis Landry with 12.8. Gigantor Moali Cox was zero, a big fat zero. He had Raheem Moser with 14.9, and Robbie Anderson continues to be a top six wide receiver in fantasy with 19.5. His kicker, Michael Badgley, the Honey Badger, also had zero. Or I should say the Money Badger. IDPs, he had a nine-point performance, a seven-point performance, and an 8.5-point performance. On Randy's side, in the quarterback, he had Russell Wilson torch the Vikings 30.4. Delvin Cook with 19.9 and Miles Sanders 23.9. Both those guys now are injured. That sucks. Wide receivers, Mike Evans with 15.1 and Odell with 12.4. Disappointing game for Dalton Schultz with 1.6. And then his flexes, Traquan Smith with a fat 2.8 and, and A.J. Brown with 21.2. IDPs, all pretty mediocre, I would say. So after this matchup, Randy moved to three and two. D Slacky moved to two and three. So I'm going to take a break here, and we are going to bring Justin in to talk about Week Six. Justin's here. We're going to talk about Week Six now, starting with. The Gulag Week 6. Well, I'm the Lord of the Veil. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Break through the moonbeam. 
So straight through the moon door went Tonebone, Tony S, and Prince Palmer, Ryan P. So they are both gone. Uh, it was quite an interesting matchup. I know that Ryan needed a pretty massive performance from Jared Goff, and he didn't get that. It was actually really tight down the wire uh, between about four teams. Uh, Ryan was so close to surviving with about two and a half, three minutes left in the game. He had the Cardinals defense, right? And mm -hmm. uh, Amari Cooper scored like a garbage touchdown. And that touchdown um, put someone over the top of Ryan. Actually, Ryan had the Chiefs defense, but one of his opponents had Amari Cooper and that touchdown ended it for Ryan. So very tough way for him to go out. To be honest, his team's been pretty rough the whole season. So I've I've been actually shocked that he survived this long amount of time. Tony, he took third in our Elimination Chamber League last year. So seeing him go as one of the top dogs last season was quite shocking as well. But he, to be honest, didn't spend like any money at all. And um, didn't seem like he was like setting or very active in trying to pick up a lot of good people. So he is gone in the gulag. Did you notice anything from the matchups this week regarding that? I just saw how close it was. I didn't see any of the I didn't see the second half of the Monday night one, but I thought going to bed that Ryan was going to make it. And then, wow, woke up and Ryan was gone. It was a close one. That's for sure. So some waivers of note from the gulag this week. Our waivers ran today. Uh, Billy, he had a lot of money left over, and he spent about 40% of his budget on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Jay Boaster spent one-fourth, 25% of his budget on Russell Wilson. Uh, Kayla... Russell's amazing, but that's two hundred. That's a fourth-year budget. He better be worth it. Good thing is he doesn't have a buy anymore because he just came off his buy. True. And he's one of the top quarterback so uh mm -hmm. kayla she spent 19 percent of her budget on antonio gibson i think that's a bit of an overpay just a bit yeah he's really good but not worth the 19 percent of the budget but and, and to be honest the waivers this week the players available were horrible <laughs> like the players that were dropped between two teams i didn't see anybody on there like the most appealing in my eyes of course we have down hopkins but the most appealing was defense because there was two pretty good options available. Um, but like all the players outside of Hopkins and Wilson were not anything spectacular, I thought. I mean, Gibson and Cooks are both starters. But yeah, the rest of them, I can definitely see that. Speaking of Cooks, so Drew K spent about 8% of his budget. Oh, no, actually it'd be 0.8% of his budget on, um, or it'd be 8 yeah, 0 0.8, 0 0.8, because it's a $1,000 mm -hmm. budget on um, Brandon Cooks. Uh, Boston Scott, Danny T, spent about 0.4%. I ended up getting the Chargers D. I, I paid up a little bit. I paid 34 I could have got him for 13 Unfortunately, this morning at about 8 a.m., I had him down for them down for a $16 budget, um, $16 budget submission. I upped it because I was so nervous about not getting the. I only spent 34 so it wasn't a lot. But I want you to listen to the Chargers next five weeks. And let me know what you think. 
So I already had the Buccaneers defense because um, they play the Raiders this week. But the next five opponents for the Chargers are as follows. The Jaguars, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Jets, and the Dolphins. What do you think about that? I think that's a pretty good defense to pick up, but I'm mm. surprised you have two defenses in Gulag. That's good. I got to play defense, you know what I mean, with my defenses. <laughs> well, you played defense with the tight ends earlier in the year, and that's why I lost. So <laughs> yeah, and I just found out Jameson Crowder's banged up again. So uh, that's a little bit nerve-wracking to see what I'm going to have to end up pulling out of my rear end this week, if he would be out. Uh, also, this one was the most questionable, I thought, of the group. Danny asked, D. Sladkey spent $29 on Cameron Bright. Uh, he's now going to be the tight end two in Tampa. Uh, unless the Well, there is some other options on tight end that were probably a little bit more interesting. But, I mean, it's $29. Not that big of a deal. I was going to say, flashback to, like, 2018, 2017, when Cameron <laughs> Bright was, like, lighting up the league, but, like, he had, he's not this year, so, okay. Yeah. Um, then we had John C. He spent $27 on the Chiefs. That was the other defense I was really interested in because their upcoming schedule is quite appealing as well. Um, so if I open this up here, I know for sure they play the Broncos this week. So they got the Broncos, they have the Jets, they have the Panthers, but then they have a bye. And then they come back to play the Raiders. So that's pretty much, I'd say, three straight. The Panthers are good, or mm -hmm. solid, I should say. Um, but that's still a playable defense against Teddy Bridgewater, I would say. Yeah. And then we had this one I didn't understand. Your buddy Brad, he dropped $15 on Leonard Fournette. Um, who is coming off of an injury and still is questionable to even play this week. Um, I know Ronald Jones obviously has been solid. And Fournette, even when he was healthy when they when they picked him up, he didn't have that much of a role, even with Ronald Jones having difficulty with catching the ball and blocking. So he only dropped $15. He did drop LaMichael Pirine, who was on 60% of the snaps for the Jets last week. So that I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what he's... He's made a lot of um, really cheap buy low additions. He's got a lot of money left. And, yeah, I'm. this one was interesting. And it was still cheap, so... So, Billy had two really good cheap bargains as well. He got Gronk for $15. That's good coming off of the week he just had. And Deontay Johnson, somehow, he got for $14. Who, when healthy, is obvious... Wide receiver one for the Steelers. Obviously, Claypool's had a very productive season so far, rookie season, but Deontay Johnson is like the number one read for Ben Roethlisberger. Well, it's just he can't stay healthy right yeah. now. Concussion, back, like he's barely played. And then the other three that have him were pretty irrelevant. Deshaun Jackson for 12. Brad got Sterling Shepard for 10. We'll see if he plays this week, but could be interesting play if he gets into a pickle. And then Jake getting... Uh, Jake S. getting Mark Ingram for five dollars. So that was I thought that was a steal. Mark Ingram. Yeah. Yeah, especially if well, he is a little banged up, and I know they're going into a buy, so that's probably why he got him so cheap. If he's able to play next week, oh yeah, that's for sure a, a steal, especially because running back is so weak. So um, let's get into some cookies and spoiler alert: Andy had a great week. 
Spooky! Um, nom, 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 nom. Oh, nom, 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 nom. So let's take a look here at the weekly cookies this week. As we kind of just mentioned, Andy had a great week. I'll start with the quarterback. D. Sladkey, I was just texting him about how Carson Wentz looks shit. And then he ends up getting a cookie. I just found out he was a top 12 quarterback for two of the la- for each of the last three weeks, including the rank of 12, 10, and 4. So this week, Carson Wentz was 33.42. That is his quarterback performance. Uh, he gets the cookie for Danny. Now the running backs, we have some new ones. We have Derek Henry uh, for Little Slads with a 40.4 performance. He was a monster this week against the Texans defense. Then um, Andy joins the cookie ranks with her rookie running back, DeAndre Swift, 27.3. That was a great game. Kind of unheard of from DeAndre Swift. Mm -hmm. So it's good to see she actually has a producing (laughs) positional player. So wide receivers then. Here's another one for Andy. Justin Jefferson. He has looked great since being involved in the offense. 39.6 for Justin Jefferson. Randy gets 33.7 from Julio Jones at the wide receiver position. Move on to the tight end, where Spaceballs gets George Kittle's second cookie of the year with 23.9 points. Great performance. And then in the flex, we have two running backs, one of which was an absolute garbage time play. Kenyon Drake, 28.4. He did score before that, but he had a 69-nice yard touchdown. <laughs> And then the second was Ronald Jones, 26.1 for me. Then we have the legend, Young Ho Koo, the second cookie of the year for Cascade Bear and Jake, 20-point performance. At the defensive line, Will gets a cookie from Bradley Chubb with 8.5. You go to linebacker, Joe the Show, Schobert from Wisconsin. Andy, third cookie of the week with 13.5. And then Buda Baker gets another cookie for Tyler with 18 points. He had a nice pick uh, in that game. So 18 points for Buda Baker. And then our final, our IDP flex spot, we get Will's guy, Marlon Humphrey from the Baltimore Ravens with 15 points. So in total, our cookie score for the week was 327.82. This was our second lowest. So last week we had an all-time hot, our all-time low for cookie score. We just followed that up with another complete duck. But I guess it's still pretty good when you look at the high so far. It was 365, so we're still in like that 300 range. Um, hopefully we never dip down to 200. I don't think that would even be possible. I don't think Maybe so. Maybe bye weeks, like a heavy bye week. Could be. So looking at the team total for cookies now, we start at the top. We have Pandemic Pangolin Special with 11. Tied for second, we have Fuller House and Outdoor Furnishings with 8. Tied for fourth, we have a four-way tie with Team Amelia Clark fan, Lamar and Friends, Team Backflip and Team and um, Seeing Ghosts. So, and then in seventh, we have... I got to do a quick shout-out. Will's kept that name for a little while now. I'm I'm very impressed. Where did that come from? (laughs) So, tied for eighth, then, we have, uh, with six six cookies, The Kick is Gould and Fresh Prince of Hilaire. 
and then tied for 10th with four cookies, King Henry's Kingdom and Mrs. Burrow. Taking up last, Spaceballs the FFT with three. He did not comb the desert. So we're going to come right back, and we are going to be talking about waivers from our league, trades, and then a little update on this NFL week five, no, week six that just concluded. Oh, your helmet is so big. All right, helmet, what? You need it on the bridge, sir. Knock on my door. Knock next time. Yes, sir. Did you see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Good. So let's rewind here and talk about week six in the NFL season. One of the big takeaways I had was, I know you had it as well, Andy Dalton looked absolute pure garbage for the Cowboys. How does a quarterback look that bad with that many weapons? Is Andy Dalton just certified washed? So what I've seen in the past is that Andy Dalton needed a good offensive line, and that's when he really did well. Cowboys going into the year had a good offensive line. Cowboys no longer have a good offensive line. They have... They do not have a single starter from the beginning of the year currently healthy, with multiple of them going on IR and could be gone for the year. He, When Danny Dalton's running for his life, he is terrible. And that's what happened, from what I can see. Uh, they, they need a guy that's really good against the pressure, and Dalton is not that guy. What are your thoughts on the Packers losing to the Buccaneers? Is it Jordan Love time? No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all Aaron Rodgers was in the top five for MVP before this game so yes it was a rough game pretty much once he started once he threw those two picks he was all doing back foot throws he was back to what he's been really struggling with the past two years and what Packers fans have been like okay this is when Aaron Rodgers is missing all of his guys what is this defense didn't play so bad but the offense just was not there uh so I mean, I wasn't expecting him to go to 16 and all, so I can't be too too disappointed. What were your thoughts on um, Will saying that Antoine Winfield Jr. broke Aaron Rodgers? No. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my thoughts on that. Bears, not frauds? What do you think? See, I didn't see any of this game. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little shocked that they're 5-1 and one right now. Um they didn't haven't played a very tough schedule yet. Panthers, I think, are solid and they beat them. So I'm willing to not say they're frauds anymore, but I'm not convinced on them either. They're meh in your eyes, right? What? They're meh. Yeah, they're meh. What about you? What do you think about them? Yeah, I'd say I'm in the same boat. They're not impressive, but they grind out wins. They put the Rams on Monday night, so we'll have to see in prime time how Big Dick not Nick can uh can do his thing so bears are five and one well uh you'll see aaron donald riding him like a cowboy um <laughs> on the piggyback ride so that's that's not gonna be too much uh fun for him all right so in hindsight for your week five notes you said browns are for real and now we are here and the steelers absolutely destroyed them do you still think the browns are for real I think, I think they can be. I thought for sure that they were, um, but the Browns do this thing in the past in the past where they look like they're really really good for a week or two, and then they kind of fall off the face of the earth. Uh, that was a really rough performance. A uh, large portion of that first half, 
Um, we'll Steelers, see. Steelers defense is really, really good. And like well, they lost they, Devin Bush for the year. Yeah, they lost Devin Bush. Um, so also you can see that Big Ben doesn't need to necessarily light up the scoreboard anymore. James Conner is so solid. He's staying healthy. That's the good thing. Except I don't know if you watch the Steeler games. Uh, every single time that James Conner runs the ball when he stands up, he like looks like he's squeamish. He's like looks like he's limping, but he's not actually limping. Goes right back to the huddle and then he gets another run right away. So they're working him, that's for sure. That's um I I've I've told I've talked to another friend about this, but like for the Brewers when Lorenzo Kane and Ryan Braun are walking, it looks like they're hurt every single time. <laughs> and then they go and then they go and run and do everything and they're like, Oh, they're not hurt. Yeah. So I guess Connor falls in that category too. So there's an insane Titans and Texans game, that's for sure. Um, this included when the Texans were up by seven, Romeo Cornell went for two. You said you liked the call. And Absolutely, 100%. It was an awesome call. Pardon my take. It sounded like they were kind of in the same boat as well. I was just looking at it purely from a math perspective in terms of, I mean, they are already up by one possession. Were they just trying to end the game? Was that really what it was? Yeah, because even if they, if they kick that extra point, the Titans can still go down the field. Yes, they still have to score two, but they can still tie it. If they get nine, Titans are screwed. Texans win the game, and Texans get their second win. That's why the math is saying in that case you, prob- you probably should go for it. Now, if they had a six-point lead, then you can understand going for the field goal or the extra point. That makes sense. But with the seven-point lead, that was the correct decision. And A.J. Brown caught that catch in the end zone. I'm still not fully convinced that he was inbounds, um, but it was a pretty good catch by him. And the Titans won again. I swear they're never going to lose. Tannehill has been incredible this season. And Derrick Henry finally broke out. He had a ridiculous game. There's a reason he got a cookie this week. He was just all over the field. Mike Vrabel manipulated the clock again. Titans look really, really good. Somehow the Patriots lost to the Broncos. I don't know where that came from. No Melvin Gordon. Uh, They were trotting out Phil Lindsay for you. Cam Newton didn't do anything crazy. Um, The Patriots are so confusing to me. I mean, they still have good weapons on their defense, but their offense is so lacking at all times. Um, And the Patriots lose to the Broncos there. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton doesn't really have the greatest amount of weapons right now. All of his tight ends are rookies. Um, Nikhil Harry looks solid some weeks and not great the other times. Julian Edelman doesn't get the ball unless he's throwing it, which he did twice in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, they're, they're definitely interesting. I think right now the Bills are the best team in the AFC East. Going into the year, I'm not sure if I would have said that. Yeah. So the Dolphins beat the Jets. Um, but now it's, I guess, two a time. And I, I, get the mo- I get the move in terms of you want to go to the quarterback. And it sounds like, some reporters have been saying this was their plan on all along is to put Fitzpatrick in for six weeks and then go to Tua regardless of how they were playing. But I just, I just don't get it because Fitzpatrick's playing out of his mind right now. The Dolphins are 3-3. Three and three And, I mean, they're going into a bye. They're coming back. And they're still fighting in a way. They're competitive in every single game. The offense has looked pretty solid. The gas man, Miles Gaskins, looked really good as well. So, do you think that it was a smart move to make? 
I'm not sure. Um, but Tua is the, the QB one of the future. Like, there's a reason they got him fifth or sixth overall. Um, in the draft, like, he is going to be really, really good. Uh, it's When you see all the quotes about Ryan Fitzpatrick, how awesome of a teammate that guy is, but how tardy he really was. Did you see the quote he had today? I just saw that he said he was really, really sad. No, um, so he he's like it today. NFL football quarterbacking is really weird. Where um, I I was essentially fired from my job, but I had to sit in a four-hour Zoom meeting with the guy who fired me and the guy who took my job. Uh, <laughs> it was just a really interesting way to think about it. He is such a good teammate, though, and he's gonna be cheering him on as much as he can. He just felt like this was his team now they were playing well enough that he was going to be starter for a, at least this season i like to a lot but I don't, I don't know we'll have to see how this works i hope personally that he gets traded i hope he gets traded to one of these teams that need a starting quarterback uh because he's having a great season and i mean yes there's no better mentor for tua but at the same time like i know he came in only because it was a blowout that's the other thing. It's like they were blowing a team out also. So Well, hold on just a second. It's the Jets. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if you can consider them an NFL football team right now. They're just so terrible. Did you listen to part of my take uh, from, I think it was from Monday? Yeah, I haven't finished the episode yet. I, I jumped ahead to watch Matthew McConaughey's interview. Um, but, uh, what what were they saying about him? So they were they were talking about could the Jets lose to Clemson in specific situations? Oh yeah, if like the Trevor if the Trevor Lawrence has mono, if uh... yeah. <laughs> hmm. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, so what were you gonna th- you you had something to tell me about Adam Gaze too? Oh, <laughs> so they asked Adam Gaze in a press conference. They said, so are you open to giving up your play-calling duties? He said, that's step 10. Currently, we're on step 3 of the plan. <laughs> so, like, what are plan- What are steps 4 through 9? What does that even mean? What are steps 1 and 2? <laughs> Hyperdrive. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, is that 1 or 2, though? Which one? I don't know. He didn't say. <laughs> but they were talking about footballers, and I was just dying. <laughs> Speaking of the Jets, Trevor Lawrence, there's potential people are rumbling around the idea of Trevor Lawrence saying no to the Jets. I saw a hilarious quote and picture today. I think I posted in the chat. Uh, Roddy White, former wide receiver of Atlanta, he said, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, if the Jets finish with no wins, I just go back to Clemson. I don't want any part of that organization. (laughs) And the top comment is from this guy named Shawn Michael. And he says, jokes on them. My Jets will have the first pick next year, too. Poor kid's going to end up with a doctorate waiting for the Jets to improve past last. <laughs> that comment was amazing. But, yeah, you might be in a similar situation like Darnold's. And now, like I said, I've said it numerous times, no weapons, no defense, no offensive line. Kind of troubling for that. But the Jets Absolutely. are in the absolute driver's seat right now because they are horrendous to get the number one pick. I would hate to see Trevor Lawrence go to the Jets. That would just suck. So the Ravens hang on, and they actually beat the Eagles. Um, Eagles made it somewhat competitive. The Falcons also got a victory over the Vikings, which I know you put in here. Yep. 
Um, they're not playing well. The Vikings. Uh, I like what Barton White takes said. They're just like, all right, look and to see that Justin Jefferson's getting you points. And that's about it. Just we call it a win on your fantasy team and just let the Vikings do their thing because yeah. they're not going to be successful. Yeah, they're, they're saying that about the Vikings. Like, if you're a Vikings fan, there's one thing you got to worry about. Justin Jefferson's fantasy performance. That's it. <laughs> Colts or got Dalton a... Cook or whoever their running back is for that week because they're always going to get points. Yeah, Mike Boone, maybe even. Colts got a late victory versus the Bengals. Uh, they are not a good 4-2 and two team, I'm fully convinced. The defense is really, really good. Phillip Rivers is not good. Like, he... People have been rumbling already the fact that Jacoby Brissett could be coming in. Like, I don't think they're going to do it because he's 4-2 and two and he's on a one-year deal. But also... They don't have any weapons. That doesn't help either. I mean, T.Y. Hilton is just, just looks horrible. But again, directly reciprocated because of Philip Rivers. Jonathan Taylor's look solid. He really hasn't been used too much or needed to be used because they're winning, which is really weird as well. Um, even when losing Marlon Mack. But like Darius Leonard, he's never healthy. I'm starting to worry about his long-term look in Dynasty because he's been viewed widely is the number one idp but he's like never on the field if he's on the field without a doubt but yeah i I definitely get that so one thing that philip rivers does amazingly is throw corner routes i saw like a mashup of some of the corner routes he threw this past weekend and i was just like holy shit this guy still got it um i know you think he doesn't anymore and philip rivers just he doesn't look like a starting nfl quarterback the way he plays the way he moves everything but he finds ways to be a veteran win to get things done um that the colts tight end group might be the best tight end group in the nfl um he, he will just find a way to win this game with the colts defense i think they're a good team it also helps that texans and jaguars look like garbage um so it's probably gonna be a two-team race between them and the titans in the afc south did you hear that uh or did you hear about did you hear about uh, Philip Rivers' new sponsor he just picked up? Mm-mm. So he got sponsored by Tide Pods because he's washed. That's why. I don't believe that. Lions get their first win. Who'd they beat? I don't even know, to be honest. Um, I don't remember. DeAndre Swift had a good game. There was your Lions talk. Yep. <laughs> Patricia time. Uh, Giants won their first game, even with Daniel Jones being absolutely horrible. He is not a good quarterback. I'm fully convinced. I remember Steve, when I asked him about the pick, this was, I don't know what, two, three years ago, two years ago, right? He mm-hmm. said, yeah, yeah, it's solid. Like a, I was doing some research on it. I'm like, no, stop. He's from Duke, first of all, so fuck him. And second of all, he doesn't look like a good quarterback, I'll be honest. He has flashes. I, I was laughing when Daniel Jones had 60 rushing yards because the Redskins defense just forgot about him and he just ran down the sideline. <laughs> um, yeah, you, we know Sam's thoughts about Daniel Jones. Uh, she's made that quite evident. Um, he's not good this year, and I would not be surprised at all if he is replaced next year. It also does not help that his weapons are never healthy. Mm-hmm. Line is garbage. And he's rotated through two different coaches, and Joe Judge doesn't look that great yet, so we'll see. So 49ers beat the Rams. Uh, Cooper Cup 
continued to drop passes. Um, he had a horrible game. I think he had one catch for 10 yards or something. But um, the 49ers won. 49ers are frauds. I'm still convinced of that. There's a lot of fraudulent teams this year, I'd say. Their defense is pre- quite spectacle or quite uh, skeptical because of all the injuries that are involved. So that's tough on their end. Um, thoughts? Debo's back. Their defense going into the year was so good, and <clears throat> now they're under like their fifth string corner, their fifth string defensive ends. Like they've been hit so hard by the injuries. Then they get mustered back, and he gets hurt right away. Um, Garoppolo is still not a hundred percent. Like, I think if they could get any kind of health that they would be back to being like real contenders again, but with the way they're playing right now, everyone getting hurt right now, they can be considered frauds. Yeah. Yeah. Who the heck? Like, I don't even know who's going to be these running backs. Like Jerick McKinnon's going to be the guy now because Raheem Mostert's going to lose some time. Tevin Coleman's reportedly coming back soon, but it's looking like a Jerick McKinnon and Jamichael Hasty type role right now jeff wilson is also a little banged up so if he comes back he'll be involved as well chiefs ran all offense you never know (laughs) yeah chiefs ran all over the bills on monday four o'clock game uh pretty muddy crummy game because of the rain um but the bills yeah chiefs ran for like what was it over 250 yards or something to that nature. I think it was pretty close to 300, yeah. So and then it, all they need to do is have Pat Mahomes make a couple plays down the stretch, and they just cut salt of the game away. So they were talking about also on part of my take about Stephon Diggs. Supposedly at the end of the game, obviously I wasn't watching. I was at softball, but there was a, they were talking about how the Bills were in like a hurry-up offense, and Stephon Diggs was just like walking. And, like, supposedly, I don't know I don't know if they got a penalty or just, like, wasted a bunch of time. But um, supposedly it had, like, a negative impact on the end of the game. Huh, I didn't see that either. Uh, I know that Josh Allen looked pretty rough, and I really like him. And he was really having a great start to the season, but these last two games have been rough for him. Hope he's able to turn it around next week. Both these teams are good, though. Yeah. Um, the Bills, I've lost two weeks in a row – on either a Monday afternoon game or a Tuesday afternoon game because of all the COVID stuff, um, reschedulings. I think once the Bills get back to a normal schedule, they're going to start looking good again. And the Bills, yeah, they've lost two teams that are probably going to win their division. So the second Monday game was between the Cowboys and the Cardinals. Let's play a game quick. So I have a question for you. How many completions did Kyler Murray have on Monday night? 15? Less. 10? Less. 9? Yes. 9 for 24 performance. Where did he get it done? He got it done on the ground. So he had 10 carries for 74 yards. He did throw two touchdowns. So that's really weird. 22% of his completions were touchdowns. That's not <laughs> that's not sustainable. <laughs> his QBR rating was 82.4. But, like, that's so crazy. They won by 28 points, and he only completed nine passes. Meanwhile, on the other side, Andy Dalton completed 34 passes, and he threw the ball 54 times. So he threw the ball 30 more times than Kyler Murray, and yet he still didn't even hit the 300-yard mark. 
His QBR rating was 38.7. Oh, crap. Well, I guess the Cardinals just dominated from the moment the game started. Kyler got helped by the 80-yard bomb to Christian Kirk. Um, one of those passes that Kyler completed, too, was a six-inch touch pass to Kirk for the other touchdown. <laughs> like, uh, I saw something today, too, that Kyler and Patrick Mahomes are unquestionably the one and two QBs for fantasy right now. And in some PPR leagues, they're actually tied in the point in the point margins. Hmm. I know you offered me that trade for. Hmm. It was a it was a joke, like oh the straight up one I was joking about, but that that one I was actually gonna offer. But I mean, at this point, it's pretty irrelevant, right? Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna hurt, say you'd like, probably be hurting yourself to make that trade. Yeah, like right now they are <laughs> completely even in fantasy point wise. I'm like, uh, and he's Kyler's like a year or two younger. I'm, I'm keeping what I got. Stephen A. Smith had an epic on Facebook. He had an epic video after that Cowboys loss of him, like dancing around to some music, celebrating about the Cowboys losing 38 to 10 with his, how about them Cowboys? Screaming. <laughs> his hate for the Cowboys is hilarious. Every single time I see something about it. I think that's the, the guy who I'm not even going to talk about, his former colleague, is not <laughs> worth talking about. Yeah. I would argue that the highlight of the game came when everybody was sleeping. Everybody was looking at their fantasy performance. They're like, you know what? Just a great week. I got myself a win, including my good friend Conrad. He went to bed after the first quarter. He woke up the next morning with an fat L because... Kenyon Drake tore off a 69 nice yard touchdown at the end of the game when he didn't even need to do it. Like literally the Cardinals were just running the clock out and Kenyon Drake rips through a hole. There's no one even around him. And people were saying that he was going to do the fall down at the one yard line, but he has tweeted like three times in either the off season or the beginning of the season that he's going to really help his fantasy owners out. (laughs) I mean, do you think that had anything to do with it, to be honest? Uh, could be. That's pretty great. I didn't realize he did that. Like, usually, you're, if you get the first down, you're just going to go down. Nope. He just took off. <laughs> I mean, usually when a running back gets that much daylight, that's like, that barely ever happens. Why not go for it? I wonder if some of these players have incentives to go along with it, too. Like, hey, X number of touchdowns, you get a bonus. I think that happens with everybody, doesn't it? Performance yep, they based. all have something like that in their contracts. So that was Cardinals Cowboys. Cowboys suck. They are now one or they are now two and four, but yet still first place in the conference or in the in the division. How does that work? The NFC least. Yep. That's how that works. Well, speaking of the Cowboys, we had some interesting trades go down with the Cowboys quarterback. So first of all, we had a trade in which Tyler ends up trading away Daryl Henderson, Brandon Cooks, Eric Ebron, Matt Ryan, and Latavius Murray, five pieces that I'm sure that you're going to be using on a good basis. Uh, and even if you don't, they're good depth pieces in exchange for Dax straight up. Didn't he get like a little bit of fab or something? Yeah, I threw in $35 fab. All right, so, yeah. We talked about this in another podcast, but just stick with us for a second. So that was the move. Uh, it somewhat made sense. Because of the fact that he has CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, so I guess he wanted to go all out on the Cowboys. I know quarterback's the most important position 
and with six points passing touchdown, uh, potentially that could be important. But also you need depth, um, and he's going to really take take a hit on that moving forward. So we thought that was the end. And then all of a sudden we get a notification that he sends Dak away. After, this is after the injury. Okay, fine. So this is after the injury, um, and he's out for the season. He's going to be out for quite a hefty amount of time next season. But he is still a top five dynasty quarterback. Because if I'm being honest, I think he's staying with Dallas. What do you think about that? I think at least they might try to franchise tag him. That's again what I was looking year. at, the franchise tag. So he's still going to be making upwards of $30 million. But back to the trade here. So he sends away Dak to Will and grabs Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is 36. Am I mistaken? Nope, you are not mistaken. So Aaron Rodgers is 36 years old. They just drafted a quarterback in the end of the first round. Uh, It's unsure of the future of Aaron Rodgers in the organization. Aaron Rodgers is at a time where his weapons are at an all-time minimum. Yes, he is off to a great performance so far. Not last game, that's for sure. Yikes. But he sends away Dak. And in addition to growing nine years of age at the quarterback position, he fucking trades away two seconds. Are you out of your mind? What (laughs) are you doing? Wagner. (laughs) So he gives away two second round picks. He now only has one first and a couple random late picks. I do not understand even the thought process of considering making this trade at all. You give away a top five dynasty quarterback, regardless of health. You get nine years of age in an uncertain contract situation with the Packers. You give away the stack, which I thought was the entire idea behind trading for him, regardless. Is there any, any angle that you can see this being a good move? No. He traded Daryl Henderson, Brandon Cooks, Eric Ebron, Matt Ryan, Latavius Murray, uh, and two second rounders to end up with $55 of fab and Aaron Rodgers. If you take Dak out of that, that is nuts. That is, I, I don't know what he's thinking. Like, I, the first trade, I think I won just for the depth pieces and I had some good players. But I was really sad about Dak before pre-injury. I thought sure. it's still going to be even, thinking that Dak is going to still ball out this year and going in the future. This one, Will should have been sending t- lefty second round picks. Oh, absolutely. Regardless of the health. If mm-hmm. you're trying to get a top five dynasty quarterback, and like I had a long conversation with, with Ryan about this and as well as Randy, and it's like, even if you do the, the deal of Aaron Rodgers for Dak Prescott straight up, you're still losing the trade in the long term of things. Because right now, you look at, he's got, these are his quarterbacks now. So he's got Aaron Rodgers, 36. So right now on the season, he is the quarterback 15. He did score 23 or higher. He scored 30 points in three of those games. But the only, only reason you remotely make this move 
is if you are in win now mode. And when I say win now mode, I mean you're actually competing for a championship. We know that Lefty got off to an outstanding start to his season. By far the biggest shock. He's 3-3 three and three on the season. He's lost two straight. He just got shellaxed in week six. He only scored 99 points. It, it's, it's an insane amount of depth to lose. Um, we were talking earlier in the season, like you said, about how he we're not sure if he's going to make the playoffs or how he's doing. But now he he's pretty much torpedoed his, sec, his next year because he needs to get a top running back in this offseason to kind of go with and help out when Kareem Hunt and James White are doing that running back by committee approach. So he has a first-round pick this year. However, let's think about this. Right now he's 3-3. Three and three. So if I look at placement right now, he is number eight. So lottery aside, you're looking at like a borderline top five pick. If he doesn't make the play- playoffs, you're still looking at a pick in the range of what, six or seven? Even mm-hmm. if he would make the playoffs, barely. You're six and seven on the season or even five and eight on the season. You're not getting a top tier running back because they're going to be gone. Unless he wins the lottery. If he doesn't get higher up in the lottery, what was the point? What was the point of any of this? I think he just got caught up in like, oh my God, my team is doing amazing. Let's just, I'm going to go for it. Sure. But when you look at like for your roster, Randy's roster, um, Ryan's, Jake's, Sturks, his roster doesn't compare right now. There's still the potential whether Packer fans want to hear it or not, there's the potential that the Packers will cut him. I don't think they'll do it, to be honest. They will not cut him after this year, at least, because they're going to eat too much money. It's going to have to be this year and next year. I'd say trade is the more likely option if they were to get rid of or go a different route. And he's even said in a couple interviews so far, like, it's just a business, you know, and he talks about that you can never feel too safe. It doesn't matter your relationship with the city or the organization. Uh, you're never too safe in terms of a franchise. You could be gone at any point. So um, I I just don't get the move. I, I don't really know what else to say about it. I feel like I've said my fair share. I think you have. Um, like, I feel bad, too, because Tyler's such a great guy. He just He's just getting caught in the moment right now. It's what it seems like. But the good thing is he at least has a first-round pick. He has a promising wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb. He has a promising running back in Kareem Hunt who is still young. Kareem Hunt is 25 years old. And regardless of the little trouble that he got into, he is going to be a very valuable piece. I would not get rid of him unless it's for a high price, a.k.a. like a first and probably a player. So the only trades that he should be making right now is because he already has a couple good young pieces are trading people away for picks. And now the other thing about Aaron Rodgers is if he trades him, He's not even going to come close to the value that he gave away. Like, what what could you get? What would you give up for Aaron Rodgers? Let's say that you're in a position where you needed a quarterback or you wanted a little quarterback depth. What would you give up? Let's say you had all of your assets. Uh, I'd give up probably one of my backup QBs, which is just would be like an average guy, and maybe like third, second round picks. That's what I was thinking. Like I was thinking like a quarterback, a lower end guy, and a third round pick. So, like, when you hear that, right, like, 
who is going to be wanting to go after him. But if you look at his other quarterbacks, he's got Kirk Cousins and he's got Tua Tungavailoa. So I'm like, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's funny because on the footballers today, they were just doing a mailbag and they were talking about how great it is to have podcasts or, or more content for your league because you may completely shit on a trade like we're doing. And then a year from now, you look back and you're like, wait, why the fuck did we ever criticize that move? So trades obviously can change at any point. We're just looking at it from the perspective of his current state of the team, which isn't promising in terms of the bench pieces that he has and the direction that it seems that he should go. But again, we're just giving our own perspective. Well, so then we get into another trade that happened. Uh, and this is for another QB. And this is right after Carson Wentz gets his cookie. And D. Slatsky's still not feeling great about Carson Wentz. So he goes out and he gets Teddy Bridgewater from Will for a, a Teddy Bridgewater and a fifth uh, from its 2021 second rounder going to Will. I thought this was pretty even. Uh, Teddy's been playing really well. I think he's right around the Carson Wentz territory. So I'm not sure if he made a huge improvement. But he feels better about the quarterback position. Will's got the depth now with Brady and uh, Dak going forward next year and Herbert. How did you feel about this trade? To be honest, I was – because I always go ahead and I look at the trade and I try to determine a winner, even if it's by a very, very slight margin. And to be honest, I can't, this is another trade that Will made that I can't decide who's the winner because it was that even. So he gets another mm-hmm. second-round pick. He gives away Teddy, who is another quarterback piece for Danny, who desperately needed one, and a fifth-round pick. So it's like I don't really know who won the trade. Um, if you're talking about the best player, obviously there's only one player in, involved. So you got Teddy. Uh, we'll see what that second-round pick turns into. Maybe it's Maybe it's a steal going forward. Yeah, um, Teddy and Teddy and Carson in the quarterback spot for Danny is that's pretty solid. So let's talk about some waivers. I'm I keep getting my phone blown up by Randy claiming that the app made him make the wrong bid on a player, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So speaking <laughs> of which waivers, Randy put twenty one dollars down on Corey Clement and claims that he put two dollars in. You don't mistakenly type in the number two and one. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure. I think he just was uh, floored that no one else even put in a claim for this guy. Yeah. And now he overbid by $21. Yikes. I don't understand this. I'm responding to him right now. So he said the app's busted. The platform's busted. Sleeper trash. I said... You made the mistake, not the app. He said, I've never in my life made a mistake on ESPN, Yahoo, or any other flat platform with Fab. How like, wh- how do you put in two numbers that are different numbers, two and one? Like, <laughs> like I, how does the app do that? You clearly had to do that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that one. I love that you did the Randy voice, too, when you were talking about it. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Corey Clement could be a good solid like backup piece for like a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, something like that. But twenty one, it's yikes. Yeah. I'm texting Joe this too because he's gonna have a laugh about it. I said the bid was twenty one dollars, and there were no other bids. 
Philly Celtics. So that, um, did you talk about last week about how uh, Adam Humphrey went for $11 to Spaceballs? Yes. Like, that was the only big move last week on waivers. So this week we had Corey Clement, uh, and then we had another $11 waiver bid. Uh, Little Slads picked up Jamichael Hasty, the rookie running back for the 49ers, which might be running back two right now. Uh, we talked about him before. I think that's a pretty solid pickup for Little Slads. Yeah. And then Jeremy Chin, who, by the way, did you see my comment? I said to Jake about his eye black. Yes. So he only has eye black under one eye in his picture. <laughs> so he gets him for three bucks. I actually have him in another league. He's a rookie this year. Uh, I could be mistaken. I think I'm right. But he got him for $3 bid, and he's actually scored a lot of points for IDP standards. So that'll be interesting. Um, then Will decided he didn't like the tight end from the Texans that he had. So he swapped out. Uh, for a different tight end for the Texans. Uh, I went from Darren Fells to Jordan Akins for $2. I just thought that was kind of ironic, just switching tight ends from the same team. Uh, and then we had a couple other bids that were for $0, so we're not going to talk about those. Yeah. So we are going to come right back. We're going to talk about matchups that happened in Week 6, and then we're also going to preview Week 7. Joffrey. Cersei, Walder Frey, Meryn Trant, Tywin Lannister, the Red Woman, Beric Dondarrion, the Ross of Mere, Ilin Payne, the Mountain. Would you shut up? We're going to start off here right now by reviewing week six. We had quite a bit of very close matchups, to be honest. We had one, two, three, four of our six matchups came within 10 points. And I think two of those six, no, sorry, four of our six matchups came within 10 points. Two of those came within five points. So three of those came within five points. Oh my gosh, we had some very close matchups. So let's go ahead and I'll let you get into you and I's matchup. You can talk yeah. about it as long as you'd like. <laughs> well, this one uh, was not one of those close ones. Uh, I didn't think it would be. Um, you moved to four and two. I went to two and four. Uh, your team underperformed by 25 projected points. My team underperformed by 30 projected points. And you still won by 25, 161.5 to 136.6. Uh, Kyler outperformed Pat Mahomes, which is surprising. Um, although we talked about before about how Kyler's been really, really valuable this year. Jonathan Taylor and James Conner were pretty even. Ronald Jones blew Philip Lindsay out of the water, getting his first cookie. Thielen blew Devontae Parker out of the water. But then I had Amari Cooper blow Jerry Judy out. And then you get back to having the top tight end in fantasy football right now with Travis Kelsey with 21 compared to my 2.9 from Eric Ebron, which was phenomenal. Um, and you got me a little bit on Travis Fulgham over Devontae Adams. Everything else seemed pretty even uh, until you look at Blake Martinez with 11 points against Zadarius Smith with a half. <laughs> did you hear, uh, did you listen to my personal pod with Nate? 
No, I haven't yet. Okay, so we talk about Blake Martinez for a good section on there. And he's he has a very, very opinionated approach on what he thinks about Blake Martinez. <laughs> I mean, Martinez was not super effective this past year at the Packers. He just was there for tackles. Um, so for fantasy purposes, that's awesome. Uh, so next we'll move on to uh, another matchup that was not really close um, where Team Amelia Clark fan uh, underperformed by a projected 40 points and still won by 40 points. Uh, 136.1 to lefties 199.72. Not even 100, yikes. Um, so in week six, come on, there we go. Uh, Gardner Minshew started for Randy. Uh, got him 20 points compared to Aaron Rodgers, three. Um, James White got 15 for Tyler. Uh, CD Lamb had 13 for Tyler. Levante David had 11. And Buda Baker earned a cookie and was his top scorer for the week with 18 points. For Randy, he had Gardner Winchu get 20. Miles Sanders got 12 before he got hurt. A.J. Brown had a big game with 22.8. Julio Jones earned a cookie with 33.7. And he also had Dion Jones get eleven and a half. Randy moves to four and two. Lefty moves back to three and three. Then we go to some of the close matchups. We got the Sladkey Bowl. Uh, Fresh Prince of Hilaire. Uh, Danny wins this matchup, even though he's projected to lose to his brother, one fifty nine point one to one fifty four point four four. So for little slads, he had. Ryan Fitzpatrick is his last hurrah as a Dolphins starter with 23. Derrick Henry, where his team's name is after, gets a cookie with 40 points and a dominant performance. Robert Woods at 14. Terry McLaurin at 15. Um, and that's about it for double-digit scores. Then we had Danny with 33.42, the cookie winner this week in Carson Wentz. Mike Davis at 12. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 20.9. Stefan Diggs, even though he walked off slowly at the end of the game, apparently, at 16.6. Uh, Robbie Anderson at 11.7. Matt Prater gets 10 for the kicker spot. And Roquan Smith with 10.5. Uh, that jumbled up the standings a little bit. Then we move up to matchup of the week where we have the two top teams currently, according to the record so far where Outdoor Furnishings beats the Hearst Locker. Oh, we got to update that name in our um, cookie totals. On it right now. Um, 135.76 to 131.58. Jake wins over Sterk. Uh, Sterk had 19.8 from Josh Allen, 13.9 from David Johnson, 24.3 from Will Fuller, uh, 15.7 from the Hearst Locker himself, 11.8 from Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole went off for him, 20.3, and that's about it. Wow, Keelan Cole is a great game. Um, hey, did you know that Keelan Cole right now is the wide receiver 20 on the season? Jeez. Even with DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel there, that's crazy. Um... Then Outdoor Furnishings, despite a 3.5 performance from Drew Locke, still wins this matchup because Joe Mixon had 14.9, Aaron Jones had 13, Calvin Ridley had 18.9, Devo Samuel at 18, Darius Slayton at 11, 
Young Hoku with a giant cookie and probably the reason he won this matchup with 20 points from the kicker spot and 11.5 from Minka Fitzpatrick. After this matchup, Jake is now the leader in this For the Throne pod dynasty uh, with 5-1 and one record. Sterk with a 4-2 and two is also tied with Randy and Logan with also 4-2s. And, and the winner of this next matchup in Spaceballs was also 4-2. and two. Uh, He won 137.28 to 130.12 over Mrs. Burrow. This was Mrs. Burrow's best performance of the year by far with three cookies and a really close loss. Uh, close don't matter. Close don't count in horseshoes and hand grenades, though. Um, so I definitely screwed up that saying. Um, <laughs> she Yikes. had 16.72 from Joe Burrow, uh, 27.3 from DeAndre Swift. Breakout game against the Jaguars defense. Um, that's who they put the Lions played, by the way. We were talking about that before. Uh, Justin Jefferson with 39.6. And those two rookies are looking great for her team. Um, and then we had 10-point performance from her kicker and Joey Sly and a 13.5 from Joe Schobert, who also earned a cookie. For Spaceballs, Ben Roethlisberger had 13. Zeke only had 12. Uh, Allen Robinson had 10.3. Uh, George Kittle, or otherwise known as Yogurt, had 23.9 and earned the cookie. Uh, Tyler Boyd had 12.9. Justin Cucker had 16 and Devin White had 12 and a half. I don't know who T Adams is. Tyrell Adams had 12. Uh, Spaceballs is in a four-way tie for second and with a four and two record. Andy is still looking for her first victory. And finally, the closest matchup this week in for the throne league, uh, will, with a quick met, uh, quick victory, 152.6 to 152.0. Um, Will moves a 2-4 and four over Ryan, who is now 3-3. Three and three. I would not have expected that going into the year. Ryan had 30.2 in Lamar Jackson, 28.4 with that Kenyon Drake garbage touchdown. He only needed five more yards in that to make it a 74-yarder, and he would have tied. Um, he also has Zane Gonzalez, who had the extra point to put him oh, down 0.6. Yikes. Kenny Galladay had 14.5 for him. Chark had 11.5. T. Higgins, 19.7. Welcome to your Ryan starting lineup. 14.3 from DJ Moore. Yeah. Um, Zane Gonzalez with that extra point that we talked about at 8. And Eric Hendricks had 12. Oh, man, he got a 0 from his DB position. That might have been what killed him. Um, Will uh, want, get the 2-4 and four with Tom Brady getting 18.6. David Montgomery at 13.7. James Robinson at 15.3. Zach Pascal had 16.4. Zach, wow, Zach Pascal. Uh, TJ Hawkinson at just under 10. Miles Gaskin at 16.6. Frank Gore, the Infinity Stone, had 11. Uh, and then Marlon Humphreys, Will's guy, got his first cookie with 14 points. There's a lot of interesting uh, records so far this year. The big ones that stand out for me are Jake on top of the league, Andy with no wins yet, uh, and Will and Ryan kind of farther down than we expected them. And Lefty farther up than we expected. 
And let's be honest, Andy ain't getting a win this week because she plays me. So let's talk about the week seven preview. Wow. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, though, Andy, she was talking all that smack on Sunday night about how she beat Spaceballs, and he still had Zeke and George Kittle to play. <laughs> Karma. Brett Bielema. So let's talk about the matchup between me and Andy. I got right now, I have slated for Mahomes, James Conner, and Ronald Jones at running back. Right now, I'm kind of debating on starting Travis Fulgham or not. But I have Jerry Judy, Melvin Gordon, and DeAndre Hopkins in my starting lineup. Adam Thielen is on by. Tight end has still got Kelsey. Uh, and then I got, I have to, I actually dropped Harrison Smith this week or today. So I'm curious if anybody picks him up. Hint, hint, please do it. He's had a really, really bad year so far. Uh, and he's a DB, so he's irrelevant. For fantasy purposes, that would be. Not for actual real life, because Harrison Smith's an outstanding player. Uh, I have Yannick Ngakwe on my on buy right now as well. So uh, I'll have to eventually pick up a DB. I'm an idiot, and I picked up... Because I thought the Dolphins had a week 11 bye, which they originally did. So I picked up Emmanuel Agba, and turns out the Dolphins are actually on bye this week. So what am I doing? <laughs> well done, Kamish. On Andy's side, and quarterback, she has Joe Burrow right now. Uh, she also has Zach Moss and DeAndre Swift. By the way, did you see that she put Jimmy Garoppolo on the trade block? Uh, yeah, I think I did, yeah. Why? Why? She only has two quarterbacks, <laughs> unless she's hoping to get a different quarterback. So wide receivers right now, she's got John Brown, which, by the way, he's been limping like every time he gets on the field. Why do they not just bench him? And Cooper Cup, tight end, he's, she's got Evan Ingram, and then the flex she has two Patriots, Nikhil Harry and Rex Burkhead. You know how we used to do a weekly reminder of why Matt Gay is on Danny's roster? <laughs> yeah. your, I know what's going with this. Here's your weekly question of why the fuck is Chase Claypool on her taxi squad? He would literally <laughs> be starting on my team in the flex. And yet he's sitting on her taxi collecting you know, dust. Yikes. <laughs> God. So right now Sleeper's projecting me to win by 40 points. Moving on to the next matchup then, we have a 3-3 three and three versus 5-1. and one. Uh, Fresh Prince of Hell Air versus Outdoor Furnishings, who is number one in our standings right now. So if we take a look here, Drew Brees is starting for Danny with Mike Davis and Edwards Hilaire at his running backs. Wide receivers are still not that impressive on paper, but get it done. Jarvis Landry and Stephon Diggs. Noah Fant is reportedly back. In the flex, then, he also has Robbie Anderson. On Jake's side, he's currently starting Derek Carr versus Tampa, and then running backs Joe Mixon, who's a little bit banged up, and Aaron Jones. Calvin Ridley and Debo Samuel and his wide receivers. Greg Olson at tight end because Mark Andrews is on by. Old Spice at tight end. Yeah, Old Spice. And then also in the flex, he currently has Antonio Gibson and Darius Slayton. But we can't roll out his MVP ridiculousness, Young Hoku. So sleeper is projecting that Jake moves to six and one, Danny to three and four after a narrow half point victory, according to the projections. Moving on to the third matchup, then we have a 
Tyler being three and three versus Little Slads two and four matchup. Currently, Sleepers projecting Little Slads to win by seven points. On Tyler's side, he currently has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback with James White and Kareem Hunt at running back. He's got his Dallas Cowboy wide receivers against Washington, so that's appealing. And it's CD and Michael Gallup if Andy Dalton can get his shit together. <laughs> Tight end then, he's got Jonu Smith. And then Flex, you got LaVisca Chanel and Julian Edelman. And little slad side, he's got Jared Goff currently with Todd Gurley and Derrick Henry at the running backs. Wideouts, he's got Tyreek Hill and Robert Woods. Tight end right now, he's got Austin Hooper. And then in the flex, he's got two Washington football team players. J.D. McKissick, who's actually sadly looking like the starting running back with Washington. And Terry McLaurin. And then he also has Harrison Bucker. So after this matchup, according to the projections, both teams would move to 3-4. and four. Then we have Prince Palmer, Lamar and Friends versus the Hearst Locker. It's not getting any easier for Ryan, that's for sure. Sleeper is currently projecting him to lose by 12 points. Ryan sits at 3-3 three and three and Sterk sits at 4-2. and two. On Ryan's side, he's got Lamar Jackson on bye. Luckily, though, he gets Matt Stafford against the Atlanta defense, who just bleeds points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. And then running backs, he's got right now Alvin Kamara and Boston Scott who is going to be starting against the Giants. Then at the wide receivers, he's got Kenny Galladay again against Atlanta. That's a nice stack. And then Tyler Lockett against Arizona. Currently at tight end, he's got Robert Tanyan, who did not practice today, so that's something to keep an eye on. And then flexes, he's got T. Higgins and DJ Moore. On Sterk's side, he's got Josh Allen, oh my gosh, versus the Jets. Dear God. <laughs> running backs, he's got David Johnson. How is Green Bay this year against running backs? I'll be honest, I don't know. They've had some pretty good games against the running backs. Have had some pretty good games against Packers defense. Uh, so we got David Johnson, and then we have Josh Jacobs against Tampa's stout run D. So I'm kind of scared about that one. Wide receivers, right now, he's got Jamison Crowder, who is banged up with a groin injury, going against Tre'Davious White and the Bills, and Will Fuller who is outstanding this year versus Green Bay. Probably going to get the Jair Alexander treatment, I would assume. I would think so, yeah. Tight end, he's got Darren Waller. And then flexes, he has Chris Carson and Keenan Allen, who is currently questionable, but he's fine from reports I've been reading. He's going to have to pick up a kicker because his is currently on bye. Also, Ryan's going to have to pick up a linebacker if he didn't already do that. He has two linebackers on his team. Both are on by. So he's going to have to make a change there. So after this matchup, Ryan will move to 3-4, and four, and Sterk could move to 5-2. and two. <clears throat> Then we get into your matchup. So you're playing against Will. It's the matchup of the 2-4 and four teams. Sleeper's currently projecting that you lose by 9 points. On your end, for starters, we have Kyler Murray against Seattle, who, by the way, their defense isn't too stellar this year. Uh, running backs right now, it looks like you're starting Daryl Henderson and Philip Lindsay. I know that uh, Jonathan Taylor is on bye. Yeah, it's looking pretty bleak at my running back spot right now. Wideouts, then you got Brandon Cooks and Amari Cooper. Tight end, Eric Ebron. Thanks, lefty. And then for the flexes right now, it looks like you got Devontae Adams and Christian Kirk on your end. <clears throat> 
on Will's side, then he currently, oh my gosh, is starting my simp boy, Justin <laughs> Herbert. I love that man so much. I have never doubted him in my life. He is an absolute hero to the Los Angeles Chargers. Can't wait. Should I play the video of the Zoom call? Nope. <laughs> Don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, so Herbert is playing against Jacksonville, so that will be a nice matchup. Running backs, he's got David Montgomery and James Robinson. Wideouts, he's got Chris Godwin and Michael Thomas right now. We'll see if Slant Boy can get his shit together. Um, <laughs> Where does Slant Boy come from? Okay, so so you know how he got in a fight the week before mm-hmm. their bye? So yeah. um, what is his name? Uh, I was texting Joe about this crap. Uh, it's what Malcolm Jenkins, that's his name. So Malcolm Jenkins, like, shut him down on a play, and he called him Slant Boy because he says that Michael Thomas can't run any, run any routes except for a slant. So Michael <laughs> Thomas got furious and got in a fight with him, and that's why he got suspended for a game. So it wasn't health-related. Okay. So I actually told Will about that. It was hilarious. Um, at the tight end, then, he's got TJ Hawkinson against Atlanta. That's probably going to be a nice matchup, too. Juicy. And then flexes, he's got DK Metcalf right now and Randall Cobb against Green Bay. So after this matchup, he's also starting Paper Bones, Paper Skin, or sorry, Glass Bones, Paper Skin, a.k.a. Leighton Vander Esch, who won't die, <laughs> against Washington. I I completely agree with the point Will made about Leighton Vander Esch. It didn't really make any sense for them to pull him off because ha- he has like pretty bad neck problems right now and back problems. So after this matchup, you would move to two and five, and Will would move to three and four. Wrapping it up, then with our last matchup, we have Spaceballs versus Randy. Currently, Sleepers projecting a six-point victory for Spaceballs. This is a matchup of four and two teams on Spaceballs, and we have President Scrub at the quarterback against Green Bay. Running backs, we got Lone Star and the Search for More Money. <laughs> For Whiteouts, we have Dark Helmet and Adam COVID Humphreys. I'm going to give him a nickname. Tight end, he's got George Kittle, a.k.a. Yogurt. In the flex, he's got Spaceball Trooper and Prince Valium. So he's currently starting two tight ends, which would be interesting. And look who's in his kicker spot, Fat Randy, baby. That should be his nickname. They, he's they, it was so funny on, on Pardon My Take. They were like saying how they believe they've given randy bullock the motivation to actually be a good kicker after he faked an injury when he missed versus versus uh la on randy's side he he has russell wilson back from a bye playing arizona and his running backs are ap and the 21 dollar man Corey clement it was an accident sleeper did it yikes Wide receivers, he's got Mike Evans right now and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, I'm interested how he's going to do against Pittsburgh's pretty good secondary. We'll have to see. Tight end, he's currently starting Dalton Schultz. And then for the flexes, he has Odell Beckham and Julio Jones. Even on a a bad week for running backs, he still has some studs in his lineup. Yeah, I didn't realize that he has all three Vikings running backs either. Yeah. So... (laughs) After this matchup, according to the projections, Spaceballs would move to five and two, and then Amelia Clark would move to four and three. If he starts off four and three, that's 
quite a disappointment for the expectations for him. I'm curious if he ends up getting a one or a two seed. We'll have to find out. A lot of mm-hmm. time left, that's for sure. So we are going to come back for one new segment. We're going to do a review of the Taxi Squad, and we are going to open up some mailbag questions. Hi. You're just meat. Stinking meat. You freak. That's a good name for you. What's your name? Leon Greyjoy. What's your name? Leon Greyjoy. Start this segment off by looking at every single team's current state of their taxi. You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Then who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? So let's take a look at first starting. I'm going to go in order of standings. So we're going to go from the bottom to the top. We're going to start with 12 right now, which is Andy. If we take a look at her taxi right now, she currently has Devin DuVernay and Anthony McFarland and Chase Claypool. So by looking at just snap counts right now for Devin DuVernay, he's on the field approximately, if I had to average it, around 25% of the time. He's not really making much of a fantasy impact, but he is very involved, it looks like, in the kick returns. So... I'm curious to see if, because Baltimore doesn't have that many reliable wide receivers outside of Marquise Brown. So if Devin DuVernay, and if they don't sign AB, um, if, if he continues to get eased into the offense, he may become an interesting guy that Andy could kind of keep on her roster. She did spend a fourth round pick on him. Do you have any thoughts on Devin DuVernay? Yeah, he was the one that had brought the kickoff back for a touchdown against the Chiefs. Um, He's from Texas, uh, big body. I really like – he's really fast. Um, Ravens seem to have all the speedy receivers along with the Chiefs. We'll see how much he pans out. I think it's a good taxi stash. We'll see what he's got looking like next year. Then we move on to Anthony McFarlane, who is the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. To be honest, he doesn't get on the field much at all. So the most percent of snaps that he has gotten on would be last week, actually. He was on the, on the field for – 15% of the snaps. So James Conner has just been so good. And then they used Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell so much that they don't really have a use for him. Uh, it does look like he has gotten involved. He has three targets on the season. So again, he's not on the field like at all to make that much of an impact. But I would say he's going to be interesting because we'll see what happens with James Conner uh, being in Pittsburgh, knowing that health has been an interesting part of it and i don't even know if pittsburgh is willing to pay him when he's a free agent any thoughts 
Yeah, uh, I think he's a very good... The, these two guys we've talked about so far are great uses of the taxi squad because they're flyers. They have done something, but not much yet. They just need a year to get kind of get into their um, team system, and we'll see if they do something next year. Then we move into the one that still makes me scratch my head, Chase Claypool. He is currently either the wide receiver one or two in Pittsburgh. I would say when Deontay Johnson's healthy, he's the wide receiver two, but he is heavily used. So in week five, he had a 42-point performance. That includes four touchdowns, including an end around. Um, he was only on the field for 68% of snaps, which that's still pretty good for a rookie. Um, in the last three games, he's been on the field for 76%, 68%, and 78% of snaps. He's been great in the last two games. Um, he has caught in the last two matchups, 11 of his 15 targets, including last game. He had, he was four for four. He's averaging around 16 and a half yards per catch. He's just he's been a stud. 16, he's the number 16 receiver in all of the NFL for fantasy right now. And he's on her taxi. He should be starting along with Justin Jefferson each week and she should be getting all the points. Correct. But he's sitting on her taxi. No clue why. I even made a comment on it in the chat. And she's like, <laughs> shut up. And so I was like, so are you going to do it? And it doesn't look like she's doing it. So I have no clue why that is. But then she does not have a fourth player on her taxi. Did you have any thoughts on Chase Claypool? I really, really like him. Uh, I didn't realize like how big and athletic he, this guy was until he started like breaking out. And I'm like, holy cow, this guy is so much fun to watch. I would love to, I think anybody in our league would love to have him on our team because he'd be starting every week for their teams. <laughs> Let's take a look at Will's taxi. So he has three players on his taxi, first starting with Keyshawn Vaughn. In the last three games, the highest percent of snaps he has had is 25%. He is not really utilized, to be honest, in Tampa. Ronald Jones has been really, really good, um, and when Ronald Jones isn't on the field, it's like LaShawn McCoy because Leonard Fournette's been hurt. When Fournette comes back, I think he may eat just a small amount into Ronald Jones's work. But like Keyshawn Vaughn, the first three weeks, he wasn't even used. Uh, I'm, I don't know really how to view Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't know if they like him there. I mean, they haven't used him much at all. But what do you think about Keyshawn Vaughn? I think going into the year, um, they were really, they were so high on him. Um, drafted him high. Uh, he was like a fantasy sleeper for a lot of stuff. Like I thought for sure that he was going to be a, a heavily featured back this year, and he's not really done it yet. And he's a rookie. Um, Got to give him some time. I think with all the veteran backs right now, Brady's going to trust them a little bit more. Keyshawn Vaughn's going to kind of earn that trust. I think going into next year, he's a good – player to like have a chance for like a breakout year uh depending on where ronald jones is at that time and he also will use the first round pick on him so getting rid of him like even considering cutting him would be a drastic mistake regardless of his his role right now and then the good thing about a taxi is he doesn't even have to worry about playing him or you know worry about starting him or anything of that nature then we move on to devin asiasi who his highest percent of snaps is 42. He's got on the field for 40% or more twice, but yet he doesn't have a single target on the season. 
that's kind of weird to me because New England typically uses their tight ends so much. And, like, even I'm just knowing this from Sarcastaball League for us, the tight ends are not being utilized at all this year in the pass-catching department in New England. Like, right now, the best, in terms of pass-catching, tight end for New England is Ryan Izzo, and he is not even being used. So this is another situation where I think we'll use, like, a late second on him uh, or, like, an early third. But again, nice thing about a taxi. doesn't have to worry about it right now. Right now in the depth chart, he is listed as the tight end two right behind Ryan Izzo. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, we just the Patriots drafted two tight ends. They had nobody that was any worth rosterable guys going into the offseason at the tight end spot. I'm just, I'm just confused. I figured one of the tight ends would kind of have some fantasy impact. I think it's a good stash for now, and we'll see what – this is going to be another guy that he, I think he might need a year or two to kind of develop into a player if they're not using him at all so far. So Matt Lacoste, he was the starting tight end for New England even after the draft, and he opted out this season. So I, I'm not saying that, like, if Matt Lacoste would play, he would have been, like, a viable fantasy option, but that's also something to keep in mind. I'm looking at Ryan Izzo right now, and – He's been on the field for 85% or more snaps for three of their five games, and then the other two, he was at around 60%. But in terms of the target department, um, he's been targeted 11 times on the season, and he only has six catches. So, again, not very heavily used, even for a starter in Ryan Izzo. Yikes. The third option, then, is his boy, Tyler Johnson. So Tyler Johnson, I would say had a very good matchup against Chicago. So he was on the field for 78% of the snaps. He had six targets and he caught four balls for 61 yards. Uh, He actually looked pretty solid in that game. Um, And then this past game against Green Bay, he was, (laughs) he had one catch for seven yards and a TD. So I'm sure Will was really excited about that. I know he's not on the field much and that's because they have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And even when they're banged up, they still got Scotty Miller, Justin Watson, and then now Gronk. But I think I've seen that from the time that he's been on the field, it seems like Tom Brady likes him, which is obviously the most important thing. Yeah, he's he's looked impressive. I remember uh, on Sunday just thinking, seeing as Tyler Johnson caught the ball, I'm just like, oh, really? It had to be him? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But... He looks he's looked pretty solid. Uh, it's a good, it's a good spot for him. Um, I'm glad he got his Tyler Johnson no matter what pick in, and uh, we'll see moving forward what they're going to do as at their third string receiver or their slot receiver behind Evans and Godwin. Yeah, I think I think he'll he'll definitely keep him going into next year, especially with a roster expansion coming. Let's move on to your team. <clears throat> so we're starting off with Harrison Bryant, tight end for Cleveland. He had a three-game stretch where he was on the field for about 50%, 50 to 70% of the snaps. Um, He has gotten at least two targets in all but one game. So the Browns clearly like using the tight end. Here's the problem, though. David Njoku has been out for most of those games. So when Njoku is back, which I believe is this week, um, I'm curious to see what ends up happening. In the last two games, his snap percentages have dropped about in half. 
So he hasn't really had any games that have been over the top. Um, but what are your thoughts on him? I mean, it's your it's your guy. Um, I mean, I picked him up because I had uh, Josiah DeGuara on my fourth spot in my taxi. And the day before taxi's locked, I'm like, well, this guy's still sitting out there. Uh, I know the Browns drafted him high. Even though they have three tight ends, I figured I'd give him a shot. And Joku's a free agent. He really hasn't been used that much this year. And Hooper's been inconsistent for them. I think going forward, he's definitely, after this year, he's probably tight end two, maybe tight end. Maybe they do something with Hooper. But, I mean, he's young, athletic. I figured I might as well give him a shot in the taxi. And my tight end is probably one of my weakest positions on the team beyond running back. So. Let's look at the second guy on your team. It's Wisconsin's own Quintez Cephas. And to be honest, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, man, he's looking like a nice piece. And that also comes along with the fact that Kenny Galladay had been hurt. So in game one, he paid, played 80% of the snaps. Uh, he had three catches for 43 yards. The game afterwards, he played 67% of the snaps. And he had three catches for 54 yards. But then after that, he's been pretty irrelevant. So he had 14% of the snaps, 10, and then zero. He even was a healthy scratch last game. And again, that could have been because Kenny Galladay was completely healthy. The Lions did not use that high of draft capital on him. I know you're a Wisconsin homer guy, but I'm curious, what's your what's your output on Quintez Cephas? I loved seeing him in that first those first two games get some catches. I kind of knew that the line with Galladay and Marvin Jones, and I'm not sure who their third receiver is. I hoped Marvin Qu- Hall, I think his name is. Okay. So oh, Am- all- Amendola. Amendola. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Amendola. I didn't expect him to have a good year, to be perfectly honest. I figured he'd be kind of sitting the year. I'm just excited. Badger Homer. Um, I think next year is where he's a chance to do something. This year was more of just like, I want my guy. Yeah. Moving on to the third guy. So I know you were beyond excited when you got him after the uh, after the draft. So he was an undrafted guy for us. Lynn Bowden, the, the running back, quarterback, wide receiver, hybrid type guy out of Kentucky. He got drafted by the Raiders. And then I believe they traded him to the Dolphins, correct? Yep. <clears throat> so they traded him over to Miami. Um, looking at the snaps here, the most amount of snaps he's had is 14%. And this also comes along with Jordan Howard being ruled a game-time scratch, healthy, DMPCD, um, twice now. So he has not been really used at all. Um, he only has gotten one target for rushing attempts. He's only gotten four rushing attempts. So little to no impact. He's another one of those players that you can stash on your taxi, see what happens in the offseason. Uh, has your excitement gone down for Lynn Bowden? Yeah. Um, going in the off season, like I, I saw some of the stuff that he was doing at Kentucky. I'm like, this guy is awesome. He can do it. All. He can do it all. He can run, pass, catch. He was doing it all for Kentucky. I thought that he would be a good third down back for the Raiders. And the Raiders traded him to the Dolphins. The Dolphins haven't really used him at all. Uh, I think he's listed as a running back, wide receiver. He can play a couple different positions. Uh, I don't know. He's gonna. It's gonna be a stretch to have him on my roster next year. Good thought for the taxi to see if he turns into something. Moving on to a guy that I think could make your roster going forward is John Hightower from Boise State. He's on the Eagles. Uh, first two games, he didn't play too much, but games three through six, he has played at least 55% of the snaps. 
including weeks three, four, and five. He had 80% or more of the snaps. Also helps the fact that they've been so banged up in the wide receiver core again. But when he's on the field, um, he's getting a decent amount of targets, I guess, for being a rookie. The most targets he's had in the game is six. That was against Pittsburgh. Um, that's when he had his second highest snap percentage. But he's looking like an interesting guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking right here at week six for his yards per catch. Yards per catch, 50 yards. <laughs> so he had one catch for 50 yards. What do you think about John Hightower so far? Um, going into the year, I just knew the Eagles drafted a bunch of fast guys to play receiver. I really wasn't sure about him. I just figured I'd get a fast guy to play that plays receiver. Um, and he's been impressive. The Eagles have had a lot of injuries at wide receiver. I'm, I'm liking him a lot so far. Let's move on to little slads. Uh, not really much to talk about with some of these guys. Jordan Love, I mean, he's been a healthy scratch for every game so far, correct? Yeah. So, um, obviously, that's more of a long-term perspective pickup um, with him having the intention of taxing him, knowing that Aaron Rodgers may be gone in the next couple of years. And who knows <laughs> if he's not. It would be kind of a waste of a pick. A.J. Dillon is the second one, and he's also not being heavily utilized, which I thought was really, really weird, to be honest, because I know a lot of people were saying, like, oh, my gosh, he's going to cut into Aaron Jones's work. And I didn't expect that, but I also did not expect him to not be used at all, especially with Aaron Jones potentially walking or them not being able to play him. You'd think they'd at least try this guy out and see if they like him, and it doesn't seem that they're doing that. You got a couple garbage time carries against the Bucks this past week. Um, he's been incredibly impressive in uh, like preseason in the practices and stuff. So I think they're raving about him. They're saying all the right things. He looked really good in college. I don't think Aaron Jones is back next year just because of the contract situation. So I think it's like AJ Dillon, John, Jamal Williams next year. I think this is more like a next year play for sure. AJ Dillon. Then we look at the third guy. We got James Prochet who um, highest snap percentage is 9%. He's not really being utilized at all as a wide receiver. He's only being used really in the return game. So like last week, he had five punt returns. He's like their main guy for that. Um, that doesn't really have much value in fantasy. But again, he's in that same, row, that same room as like Devin DuVernay where who knows, you know, who knows if they're going to actually have a performance worthy of anything going forward. Right now, he's probably going to be cut from little slads going into the next year. Yeah, I'd say so. Then we have Isaiah Coulter, who I'm looking at his uh, thing here, and he's got nothing because he's on the IR. <laughs> so not really much to talk about with Isaiah Coulter. Right now, probably would be a cut because who knows what's going to happen with him. Let's look at Team Backflip. So Team Backflip has three players on the taxi. First, starting with Tua Tunga-Vailoa. And I'll be honest, we could see a point coming forward here where he's pulled off the taxi knowing he is the starting quarterback. And Tyler has Kirk and Rodgers. If he wants to add a little bit to that. If he wants to just keep him there because he wants to save an extra roster spot, he can definitely do that as well. Um, anything at all? Tua is a great player. Uh, he's going to be really good. It might take him a little while to get used to it, NFL. Um, but I think because with Aaron Rodgers right now and the price that Tyler has paid for Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers is starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Yeah. 
Um, but Tua, I think, for, is his QB of the future. KJ Hill, he actually got in a trade with me in the offseason. Um, for the Chargers, he is looking like a special teams guy right now. He has gotten on the field for about 50% of the snaps twice, but he hasn't really done anything impactful at all. Uh, again, he's more of a special teams guy. So Tyler's just going to have to decide if that's worthy of a roster spot or just cut at the end of the year. We'll see what happens. Antonio Gandy-Golden is next. So Gandy-Golden with Washington football team. Uh, highest percent of snaps he's had in the game is 43%. But outside of that, you're looking at about a quarter or less. Um, he's not being utilized at all. He's not being targeted at all. I'd say he's more of a hold type situation now because it doesn't help that they don't have a good quarterback. Uh, and he's obviously a rookie. But I've also wondered why he's not getting on the field knowing their weapons outside of Terry McLaurin are not anything special. So I would say he's more of a hold. Do you have any opinions on any of these guys I just went through? I know you talked about Tua. KJ Hill, I really don't know. I'm going to take your I'm going to take your word on it as being a intelligent receiver. And Antonio Gandy-Golden, you were hyping up so much, and you really wanted him as a late-round flyer. Um, I don't know. I'm just, the, the Washington football team doesn't really know what they're doing. They can't come up with a team name for the following year. So I think anybody that is on the Washington football team is kind of in a hold pattern to see how good they're going to be, unless your name is Terry McLaurin or Chase Young. Or, I guess, Gibson, too. Looking at Prince Palmer's team, he's got his – Full taxi squad here, starting with LaMichael Piran, who he got in the fourth. I like that in the fourth because now they've gotten rid of Le'Veon Bell. Frank Gore is the only thing standing between the Jets and their shit franchise, finding out if LaMichael Piran can be something of value. I mean, he's been on the last game. He was on the field for 58% of the snaps. Personally, I expect that to continue to rise. I don't know if Ryan ends up lifting him off his taxi, but I think he has to like what he's seen. Also, last game, he had three targets. So that's interesting from the running back um, and knowing that Le'Veon Bell's not there to take away some of those as well. Outside of that, though, um, he had three games of 14% of snaps, 14 and then 33. The other two games he didn't play, he was injured. So um, I'm looking forward to Le LaMichael P. Ryan to see what he can do. Yeah, he he's he hasn't gotten much of a chance yet, but I think he will going forward with Le'Veon Bell gone. It's a great pickup by Ryan in the fourth. So I mentioned KJ Hill being the big time punt return guy for the Chargers. Ryan also has Joe Reed. He is looking like the kick return for the team. Uh but outside of that not being utilized at all, most amount of snaps is eight percent, so he's not on the field. Uh, so Joe Reed, I think, could be a cut at the end of the year unless at this current point. Again, that's with all this in mind. Third, we got Gabriel Davis, and this may be one of the better players on a taxi right now. He has been involved heavily, at least in the last four weeks. So first of all, when they played against Tennessee, he was on 100% of the snaps. That's very impressive. Uh, versus the Rams in week three, he had 75% of the snaps. Started off not being on the field that much. Uh, but that game against the Titans, he had nine targets. Um, and Ryan got him undrafted, so he didn't even have to spend a draft pick on him. It's been a nice taxi stash, especially because Cole Beasley's up there in age. John Brown's always unhealthy. Um, and Diggs is obviously going to get his. 
but it would be nice to see if Gabriel Davis can rise into that wide receiver two for Ryan on the team. Yeah, Andy's got the best player on a taxi squad right now who should not be on a taxi and chase play pool. But it almost seems like so far the teams we've gone through, Ryan's got the top taxi squad overall. And that's with a guy who's not even getting any snaps than Joe Reed. Gabriel Davis has been very impressive. Uh, I would not be surprised whatsoever to have him be wide receiver two or three next year with uh, the Bills. Eno Benjamin is another fourth-round pick that Ryan got. He, I think he just got him because he already had Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Uh, he's never been on the field. Zero <laughs> percent of snaps every single game so far. So um, he could be a cut at the end of the year. But also it might be a similar situation with A.J. Brown – or sorry, uh, A.J. Dillon, where the running backs in front, I believe – could be wrong, but I believe that Kenyon Drake signed a franchise tag – I, th- I think it's like a one-year type deal. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe if they try Eno Benjamin out at the end, um, he could be something. But right now I'd say he's going to be a cut for Ryan. So Ryan went two for four. And 50% on your taxi squad is pretty damn good of like having some really good players that have been showing out so far. Let's look at D Sladke's taxi. And this is going to be pretty quick. So first of all, he's got Thad Moss, who is on the IR, he's on the injury list. Um, so we have nothing there. It's funny because we were hyping him up so much. He got cut by Washington, uh, and now he's back on like their practice slash injury squad. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> Do you think that Danny keeps him at the end of the year? Or you think he's going to just dump him? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see if he plays. Right now he's dumpable, but yeah. I think if he plays and does anything, he'll, he might be kept. Then he's got Quez Watkins, who is another dumpable player, I would say, at the end of the year. He's got 22% of the snaps, though, against Baltimore, uh, but he didn't have a single target, and then he only played in one other game. He's been a scratch in the rest. Uh, he was hurt. Oh, okay. So that could make sense. Mm-hmm. I think he was actually drafted ahead of John Hightower, but Hightower's played better so far this year. Um, yeah, I he was have a lot of random guys at wide receiver even when he came back he's not getting snaps so i think uh, fantasy relevance is very next to nothing sure. moving on to space balls so space balls he's got jeff okuda um we're running lo- really really long on time here so i'm gonna try to speed it up just a little jeff okuda i'm gonna do them all at once and then we can just do general comments so jeff okuda um He's been heavily used. I, I guess not heavily. He's been on around 30 of the – but it's so weird what they do with IDPs on here. They don't give a percentage. They just tell you how many snaps that they've seen. Uh, but obviously it was good for him to put him on his taxi. He picked him up. He needed to fill a taxi squat spot. And then we'll see if he ends up keeping him at the end of the year. But he's actually been pretty solid. He had two seven-point performances and an eleven. The second player on his taxi is DJ Dallas, who a lot of people have been wondering if he's going to get on the field because uh, of a Carson injury or a Carlos Hyde injury, and he hasn't been. So the most percent of snaps he's had is 17. Third is Joshua Kelly. This one I'm kind of shocked a little bit about that he's still on the taxi just because right now he's in a two-headed approach with L.A. Um, But Justin Jackson has looked better. At the beginning of the year, Joshua Kelly looked really, really good. So I was thinking that was an absolute steal. Uh, but he can't hold on to the ball. So he had two fumbles, key fumbles, that would be. Uh, and then for snaps, he bounces between around 30 to 50% of the snaps. 
And the final player on here is Darrington Evans. I, he's currently on the IR. Um, they were people were thinking he was a very interesting option because he was the backup to Derrick Henry if he would ever get hurt, and he's a pass catching back. Uh, the most percent of snaps he had is eleven. So, but uh, Spaceball spent a second round pick on him, so I wonder if he has already locked him in for next year to keep on his roster. Any thoughts on those four? I think he's just been so injured this year for the Titans. I think he's at least a, as of now a lock for his roster next year. If he starts doing anything, DJ Dallas is probably gone. Jeff Okuda could be a solid uh, option for an IDP um, safety or corner. And like Joshua Kelly is looking, is look pretty good. The fumble issues aside, he's looked pretty good. So that, that was a good pickup. Sure. All right. We'll go to my team now. So I have Javon Kinlaw. I'll be honest. Probably going to end up cutting him. He hasn't really done much. But at the same time, he's a rookie. Um, he was thrown into a pretty difficult role with the Forrest Buckner being moved to the Colts. Good taxi squad uh, stash for me. Colin Johnson. So he, right now, the highest amount of snaps he's had is around 30%. He had 12 points that game because he had a touchdown. Um, so with Jacksonville, you never know with their weapons. Uh, I may end up keeping him. We'll see. Jalen Hurts. He's actually been used like an interesting amount of times and in weird situations. Uh, like this past week, he had a 20-yard rush. Like on a, uh, on a, they brought him in randomly. Um, we'll see because Wentz has not looked anything spectacular. If they eventually give the keys to Jalen Hurts, I would be very excited if that were the case. And then finally, one of my favorite players on my roster, to be honest, right now because of the value I got for him. Darnell Mooney with Chicago. He is looking like the wide receiver two from Chicago um, above Anthony Miller. He has been on the field for 60% or more of the snaps in all but one game. It seems like they love him in Chicago and they're using him a lot. Nick Foles has targeted him five times or more in four games right now. So um, because I believe he came in week three. Or was it week four? I don't know. But regardless, he's had five snaps and and then he also had a nine or sorry five targets and then a nine target game. Um, so I love Darnell Mooney. He for sure, unless something miraculous would happen, will have a spot on my on my roster going forward. Any thoughts on any of these guys? Yeah, uh, Javon Kinlaw. It was good. I thought it was a nice idea, but I think he's gone. Uh, Colin Johnson, late boomer. We'll see. Jags have a couple interesting receivers already. I'm not sure if you'll have them next year. Jalen Hurts, he's interesting. He kind of right now he's almost playing the role of Taysom, just with not as many different positions. Uh, I think he's an interesting stash with Carson being very inconsistent. And then Darnell Mooney, I would not be surprised at all with your rash of injuries if he actually made it to your active roster sometime soon. If he's going to continue trending on the upward side, he's sure. really good. Uh, the Bears traded up in front of the Packers a couple picks before him in the fifth round to pick him, and that's. That, that says it all. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at Randy, so not much to talk about here either. Um, he has two Vikings, Jeff Gladney and KJ Osborne. Jeff Gladney is getting on the field a lot, though. Um, that's because <laughs> their secondary is so bad. But I think it also may be because they're a little inexperienced. But um, he was just on the field for 81 snaps versus Atlanta. He also has a 65 snap, a 61, and a 73. So he's very involved. 
Fantasy-wise, I don't think he's that valuable. It doesn't look like. Adam Troutman, though. Um, so when Jared Cook was hurt, he was on the field for 53% of the snaps. Other than that, he hasn't been really, really impactful at all with Jared Cook being there. Um, and they sometimes utilize Josh Hill as well. K.J. Osborne from Minnesota. Uh, he looks like he's the kick return player. But outside of that, he's pretty irrelevant. So he's probably going to be a cut. And then Dalton Keene, I'm curious what he does with him because he struggles with tight end. But he's in the same exact situation as Asiasi where he doesn't get on the field. And when he does, well, he hasn't this year at all, to be honest. So um, he may be just a wait-and-see type guy just like Asiasi. Any thoughts on any of these guys? They're all pretty bummy. Yeah, they're all of them don't look like they're making this team next year. No, so I don't think they're worth that much of a conversation. Let's move on to Sterk. Oh, my gosh. What? Henry Ruggs is on his taxi. His first round pick. Henry Ruggs has been, he's played three games. He's been on the field for 60% or more of them, or more on them. Um, He had that long touchdown against the Chiefs. He has had two kick returns. uh, And then he's had, he doesn't get targeted that much. But he looks like he's the wide receiver one with the Raiders. And they're very competitive. Um, does it make sense to you that Henry Ruggs is on the taxi? No. Um, the only reason it does even come close to making sense is the amount of receivers that Stark has That's on his roster. Thing, right yeah. Uh, I think Henry Ruggs could be a solid option for bye weeks um, right now. That, that's the only thing I can think of why he's on a taxi. Like him, Mooney, um, Claypool, there's one or two other guys we were saying is like they really shouldn't be at a taxi at this point. Sure. And then the other running, the other wide receiver with Las Vegas, I was really excited about the early part of the season is Brian Edwards. He can't stay healthy. Week one, he was on the field for 77% of the snaps. Then he came out for 62. But then outside of that, he's been pretty banged up. Um, he's definitely a hold guy. I know he was a middling second round pick. I actually just sent Sterk a trade for him, but he denied it. Damn it. So, <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones, he also has uh, with Cleveland. Most snaps he's been on is 45. He has one target on the year. He'll be a cut at the end of the year. Pretty irrelevant. Jacob Eason, interesting because Phillip Rivers is on a one-year deal. So, we'll have to see if they just go ahead with Eason as their starting quarterback. My assumption is they're going to go into free agency. Um, but he has not been on the field at all because Phillip Rivers is there. Any thoughts on these guys? Uh, the Raiders receivers are very interesting. The other two are not. <laughs> Eason was a solid option um, just because of uh, Phillip Rivers, but they also have Brissett. So, I, yeah, I, that's all I got for them. And then finally we have Cascade Bear. He's got one guy in his taxi right now, Albert Okwegbunum, the tight end with Denver. That that sounded – it felt good when I said it, so I wonder if it was accurate. But he had not been on the field for the first four games uh, versus New England, he was on the field for 37% of the snaps. He had two catches for four, 45 yards. Noah Fant is back now. I think he's going to go back into um, the normal situation. I'm curious what he does with Okwagbunum, though, going forward because uh, Noah Fant is there, and he's looking like he's going to be a pretty pretty solid lock for Denver in their tight end core. Yeah, Albert O, going into the year, they thought that he was going to be a pretty solid guy. Um, he hasn't stayed healthy or gotten on the field much, so we'll see. And that's it for that, so we're going to move on. One last time, we have one last segment. We're going to talk about the mailbag. 
You've got mail. You've got mail. So right now we have seven questions. I'm going to read them off. We'll each kind of give comments and then move on. So the first question is, will Will ever stop bullying Andy? So we've seen before when Andy makes a move, Will is very critical of like every single move. This is this is confirmed. Uh, I would not personally consider it bullying. What was bullying <laughs> slash harassment was what we saw last year with Andy and he who must not be named. And no, I'm not talking about Voldemort. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I think it's playful, but I can definitely understand if Andy would get very annoyed with it, with it because uh, I feel like it is <laughs> like every single move. But it's all in good fun. I know Will doesn't mean anything by it, hopefully. Uh, but Andy's also texting me like, why does he like not like me? So I, I, I got to know what that's about. Any thoughts on that question? Yeah, um, th- some of the comments I've made are like right on the borderline of whether they could be considered or not. I don't think Will means anything bad by him either, but um, you just got to watch him a little bit, I think, and we'll kind of move on from there. He's nowhere near to what he must not be named was sure. last year, but we also don't want him to get anywhere near that path either. Sure. Uh, okay, so how would you rank the top five fantasy-ranked players at the following positions right now? I'd say after each quarter of the season, every four games. Uh, let's talk about this next week because we're running low on time, and that would take some actual individual research. Are you okay with that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, top five dynasty-wide receivers. I think that one where I would like to do next week as well, just because, again, it would require a little bit of research and we're running so long on time. Some of these other ones, though, we can kind of fire through. So odds of team backflip winning it all. What do you think? Uh, very slim. No no depth right now. Give a percent. Um, two. I'll give three. Okay. So is Jake cheering for Adam Humphreys to be dropped because of COVID? Uh, no. I don't I'm understand confused. the question. Okay, so what are your opinions on using draft calculators as a tool to use when trading players or picks in Dynasty? Are they useful or are they just merely a guide when making trades or evaluating talent? Uh, I think they're a good starting point. That's kind of my viewpoint of it right now. They're a good starting point to see what an average algorithm gives them for point value and then just kind of plugging and playing when you're trying to make a trade. Uh, That would be if you're trying to make it even. I think the problem becomes when people become using it as a sole reason to accept or decline a trade. Um, I still have the dynasty calculator and I think it's pretty good in giving you like an average value of a pick of a player. And then obviously that fluctuates based off of a variety of situations. Uh, But I like draft calculators. I would strongly recommend them. I think the free ones are pretty garbage. So you have to spend like a little bit of money if you want to get a good draft calculator, what do you think? Um, I like the draft calculator a lot because it's kind of helped me figure out more about the evenness of trades. Cause I had some, I had some pretty rough trades in the past and I wanted to kind of use something to help me with some more even ones. I, I at times I've relied a lot more on that than um, using like trying to trade for players and trying to just get the best player, or get whatever I need for my team. I think there's a healthy balance between both of them, and I'm working on finding that right now. Sure, and regardless of like what the value is that they give, I think regardless of how much you use it or don't use it, 
it should be the first point in just like starting off and saying, all right, I'm really interested in player X. You know, what is like their average? Like, what would it look like? Even if I don't have the player or the pick, what would it look like of what is an equivalent value? And again, this is for not ripping people off. So um, I know not everybody uses it. But what does bother me is when people ask me, hey, can you plug this into the trade calculator? I think there's like three people in the league that do that. And I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not helping you. <laughs> Stop being a pussy and go spend some money. <laughs> All right. Last question here. We're going to wrap it up. Given the state of the NFL right now, who would you consider? Given the state of the NFL right now, who would you consider to be the top two teams in the league? And why is one of them the Green Bay Packers? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with Kansas City. I am going to go with Seattle. What do you think? Ooh, Seattle. That's interesting. It was Kansas- So for me, it was either Seattle or Pittsburgh. That was the two I was debating between. Kansas City is the easy one for sure. Um, yeah, I'd probably say Pittsburgh is my other one. They're so and they, good. They really impressed me. They, their defense is incredible. And when they have their offense ticking and they have like four different receivers that are really, really good, all Ben has to do is just make sure to get the ball near them and they'll take they'll take care of it. They're going to have their first real test this week. They play against Tennessee. I'm actually excited. I think I'm going to watch that matchup if I'm able to. That should be good. Good one. Well, they had a real test last week and they passed it with flying colors. Sure. A real test. We'll call it that. <laughs> okay so that is it for this episode of for the throne nice long juicy episode for you guys a lot of content in it we are gonna have three questions to talk about next week or sorry two questions to talk about but we're just running low on time it's also 10 15 here and i gotta go to bed you gotta go to bed yeah so uh thanks for listening to this episode and we'll see you next time